Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. I'm glad to see everybody here today. We have a lot of visitors and we thank you for coming. We want to make you feel welcome. We want you to experience Christ as we share Christ together here together and to come back and be with us again. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing with spring coming. It's a cold, crisp morning, but we know spring is coming. And I hope you're as excited about it as I am. I'm tired of the cold. I'm tired of the cold. And uh, this past week, my house hasn't had a furnace, so we're really tired of the cold. But thank God, he told us originally the part that's needed to fix it would take nine months. It'll be here Thursday. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the word of God in just a moment, okay? Let's pray. Father, you have declared that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Lord, let us today feast upon it. Let us be made full and satisfied. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Those of you who were here last week, I know you probably remember <clears throat> Ryan speaking to us last Sunday. It was a good message, was it not? Amen. Amen. He talked about the, the real need to make change in our lives. And he talked about the fact that we call that in the scriptures transformation. Or scientifically, we call it metamorphosis. Where you take an ugly bug and make it into a beautiful butterfly. So this is what he's talking about. But he went on and said something very interesting, and it's true. We know it's true. He said, it is easy to fake Christianity. Oh, yeah, he said that. And if you've been walking with Christ for a little while, you know it's true. Not everything that sparkles is real. Amen? But he went on and he talked about change some more. And he says, now, we all want to change But most of us at times aren't willing to make the commitment to do that change. The result is we stay the same. There's no difference in us from the day we started to the point where we are now. And he was talking about this and he said, but we have to remember that we have been called to change, to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. You see, our enemy loves it when all we practice is a form of religion or a form of living for Christ. And yet, we are not the same. Satan knows this. He knows this about you. Amen? So this morning, I want to speak to us a little bit about faith, what faith is. And if you open your Bibles to Hebrews 11... I'm going to read the first six verses, okay? Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible, By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, 
through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he also obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was found pleasing to God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, this is an interesting passage here, and it's got so much packed into it. We're we're going to be touching upon this because this is the kickstand that gets us going today. But look at verse 1, for instance. In the Greek, it would read this way. Faith is the guarantee that stands in place of the thing that you expect until what is invisible shows up. Wow. That's powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Now, you see, the wonderful thing about God that sometimes we forget and we don't realize is that in the kingdom of God gives us so many things free, like salvation, reconciliation to God, even a measure of faith. But what we sometimes forget is that some things in the kingdom of God are not free. It says that we are to deny ourselves. We are to take up our cross. And we are to follow him. Now that's important. We need to remember this because God is pointing out to us that we have a partnership with him, if you will, in this whole thing called the gospel. It doesn't just push a button and suddenly all of us are believers in Christ Jesus and everybody's happy. No. It takes a little bit more than that. Now, faith is basically two things, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Faith is basically two things. The first one is, faith means to believe. To believe. But we have to understand something here. Faith is not static. It grows. It's constantly moving. It's flowing in the the whole knowledge and understanding of God. It's not something that just stands still. And you see, here's the key to why sometimes we find our lives fruitless and barren. We receive Christ Jesus as our Lord because we believe in him. And then we sit down and don't do anything else. Okay, God, we're playing chess. I made my move. You make your move. No, it doesn't work that way. There is something here that we have to do, and that is that we have to believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Amen? All right. So, therefore, if we pray and we don't believe and activate our belief, then our faith is useless. Even James said over, I believe it's verse uh, 2 and verse 19, faith without action is useless. It's dead because it stands by itself, indicating 
that there's something that stands with it to make it real, make it active, working in our lives. Amen? All right. Let's move on then. God gave each and every one of us, according to Romans 12, verse 3, a measure of faith. Oh, thank God. Thank God that he gave us that measure because without that measure, we wouldn't even believe anything to begin with. But see, he gave us this, and he said, it, he said to us, if you have faith as much as a mustard seed, the tiniest seed in the world, you can say to this mountain, mountain, get up and move, and it will be done. I don't know about you, but I don't remember a lot of mountains moving. Have you? I mean, if we all believed about moving mountains, there'd be such a collateral up there, you know, and nothing would exist anymore, I guess. But what's interesting, he said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it will. But how many times did he say to his own disciples, O ye of little faith? Now, if they only had little faith, they hadn't quite got the mustard seed yet. How little was that faith? But they had some because God gave them a measure. Able to believe. And they did believe in Jesus. But here's another thing we have to look at. Too many people believe in God, but their faith never grows or advances to be able to do the works of God and the assignments that he gives us. Let me give you some examples. Before we start patting ourselves on the back, before we start patting ourselves on the back, thinking how, how good we are because we believe. The book of James 2.19 says, You believe that God is one? You do well. But demons believe, and they tremble. They ought to. They know they're intended in already. But there's an interesting verse in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2, which says this, For my hand made all of these things. Thus all of these things come into being, declares the Lord. But to this one, this one, this person, this individual, I will... Look to him who is humble, who is contrite in his spirit, and trembles at my word. Did you realize you're supposed to tremble at God's word? Now, we don't tremble out of fear. We tremble out of awe. Out of awe of God. I want you to think about the most glorious Fabulous, beautiful, colorful sunset you've ever seen. When you stood there looking at it, you probably weren't even able to talk. It just overwhelms you to stand there and see this glory that's there. That's what it means to look at God and to tremble at his word. Because his word is so great, so powerful, so wonderful, and it, it, it promises so much to us. We're, so, we're just lost for words because God is so great. We tremble at his word. We tremble. 
because we want to know God. We want to be able to please God. We want to walk with God. We want to have God operating through us and in us and to us so that others also might be blessed that we come into contact with. You know, every day someone crosses your path you didn't see coming. Do you think that was a coincidence? Or do you think maybe God put them across your path for some reason? What are you believing God for? What are you trusting for? It could be your husband or wife coming in the future. It could be somebody who will be a friend to you because no one else will. It could be somebody that has a word to speak to you that just brings joy and excitement into your heart because you're feeling so low. Start looking for that person God brings across your life. Now, let me give you some examples for a moment of what it is to believe. The first one is found in um, Luke chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. There's a Roman centurion who has a servant that he dearly loves and appreciates because he does such a wonderful job. And he sends word to Jesus, Jesus, would you come and heal my servant? And Jesus is on his way. He's been encouraged to go do so by some Hebrew Jewish authorities. But while he's on the way, the Roman centurion sends word again to him. He says, no, don't come. I'm not worthy that you come into my house. But simply say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled that so such a faith could be found in all of Israel. And not by a Jew, but by a Gentile. The Roman centurion believed he had heard about Jesus. Perhaps he had even seen Jesus in operation. And he said, you can do this. Just say the word. I understand authority. I'm under authority. And those under me understand authority. So just say the word. And his servant was healed. Another example of believing we can find for us over in Mark 5, verses 25 through 29. <clears throat> Jesus has been called to uh, go to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. And as they're going, this woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, who has spent all of her money to, at doctors trying to get healed, and nobody did anything for her. She sees Jesus, and she says within her heart, if I can just sneak up, because there's people around him, if I can just sneak up somehow and just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And when she did, Jesus perceived power went out of him. And he said, who touched me? And those around him said, well, Lord, there's about 15 or 20 of us bustling along with you here. What do you mean, who touched you? And the woman fearfully came and said, I did. And Jesus said, go, because by your faith, you're healed. Oh, it's a wonderful thing when we look in the word of God and we see where people believed, and it interacted in something wonderful for their lives. But let's think just for a minute. In Mark 16, 11 through 13, 
women have been to the tomb of Jesus. And they come back and they tell the disciples, He has risen! And they said, We don't believe you. And two were walking into the country and they met Jesus and they came back and told the disciples, We don't believe you either. We're talking about disciples. Or we could go to John chapter 6. In verse 36, Jesus says this. But I have, but I have said to you that you have seen me, yet you do not believe. He goes further. He says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. And I in him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not cannibalistic in any way. And I'm sure that the people listening to him, disciples of Jesus, were thinking, what is this? And they said within themselves, this is a hard saying. Who can receive it? And then we get to verse 66. As a result of this Many of his disciples walked away and followed him no more. So you see, being a disciple of Jesus doesn't always accomplish and bless you. Because believing means you understand and you have a a knowledge of, but there's more to it than that. I've only talked about one aspect of what faith is, and that is certainly to believe. To believe. Because the hope of everybody here is to believe and to, and to hope that Father will say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We all want to hear that. We don't want to ever hear, Depart from ye, you that work iniquity. We have that hope and belief in us that good things are going to come. Amen? Amen. Now, but see, faith has a second meaning. And that second meaning is this. Faith is knowing God. And if belief is the dynamite, then knowing God is the match. It brings it into full fruition. It brings it into full completeness. So let's pursue that for a moment. The word know in the Greek means this. To know by observation to be able to absolutely speak of what you believe and to be fully acquainted with. Hmm. It's interesting. Let's go further. Okay, glad you asked. The goal of Paul's life is found for us in Philippians 3, verses 7 through 12. Listen to this. But whatever things were gained to me, Those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing 
Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already attained, or have already become perfect, but I press on, so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. This is what it means to know. Paul said, I want to know him. I just don't want to believe in him. I just want to, you know, know about him. I want to know him. I want to understand my Lord. I want to understand his words, what they mean. I want to be able to know so I can properly activate myself and move in the things that he has called me to do. This was Paul's heart. This was Paul's heart. He wants to know. He doesn't just want to know about or just believe. That should be the heart of all of us. You know, Jesus himself wants us to walk in faith. He does. He wants us to know who he is, why he can, what he can do, and why he speaks of those that are his to know him. To know him. In John 10, verse 4, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice and do not listen to thieves or robbers. Do you see what that's saying? You can believe in God and not know God's voice. You and I both know. There's a lot of voices out there today. I mean, everywhere you look, media, television, uh, radio, go online, Facebook, wherever you want to go. There are so many things clamoring for your ears. They want to influence you. They want to talk to you and get you to make a particular move in their direction that they're trying to advocate. But Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Do you know his voice? Knowing is an integral part of our walk in Christ. It's an integral part. In knowing to walk with Christ. Because it, it, it intimates to us that there's an intimacy that we have to have with Jesus. It's not just a knowing about, but it's, it's an intimacy. Like a man and a woman. There's an intimacy that they share one with another. Because two become one. That's how it is with us. We want to become one with God and know him. How about this one? The priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17, verse 3. This is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Do you see that? That's eternal life. Eternal life is when you know him and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. There's that knowing again which goes deeper than just simply believing. 
because many disciples have rose up and believed him and then they've turned away when it got tough. Let me give you an example out of Abraham. It's found in Genesis chapter 12 through 22. Because he's been called the father of faith. He's been called that one which gives us the example which, for which we are to follow. And we learn some interesting things here. At the age of 75, God called him. And he said, I want you to go to a place that I will show you. You ever want to go somewhere where you didn't know where you were going? You want me to what? I just need some directions. Go to the place I will show you. Get off your duff. Get all your things together. Leave so much behind and go. And he does. He goes down in the land of Canaan. He makes several different places there, a place where he lifts up altars and prays and worship of God. Now, God keeps telling him, folks, throughout these ten chapters, repeatedly, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And your descendants down through history from you will bless the entire world. That's pretty heady stuff. That can build you up, you would think. However, when he gets down into the land of Canaan, suddenly there is a famine. And he decides to go down to Egypt. God never told him to go to Egypt. He says, go to the place I shall show you. So a famine comes up, it gets a little difficult, and he goes down to Egypt. It doesn't show a lot of faith there, does it? Well, it gets better. Because twice he lied about his own wife, saying that she was his sister, to save his skin. It wasn't about her. It was all about his skin. How much faith is that? We've got to keep going. He doesn't have a child. And Sarah, his wife, convinces him, take my servant Hagar, and, and, and hopefully a child will come forth from her. And it happens. Sure does. And as the child grew, Abraham loved him. So when at 100 years of age, uh, God says, no, it's not Ishmael. You're going to have a child from your wife, Sarah. He is the one through whom all of this I've told you about is going to happen. And what does Abraham do? Oh, God, oh, that Ishmael might stand before you, Lord. Oh, Ishmael, Ishmael. And God says, no. Where is faith here? Let's move on. Finally, at the age of 100, (laughs) they have a son, Abraham and Sarah. They call his name Isaac because there's laughter. That's what his name means, laughter. That bodies that are dead can no longer reproduce, do produce. And they're laughing about it. There's such joy in their hearts. Now, 
Abraham has been walking with God since age 75. So we're up to 25 years. And we're going to talk about this Isaac in just a moment. He had to have been at least 10 years old, maybe even a teenager of sorts. So let's say at the least, he's been walking with God for 35 years. 35 years. And then one day, God comes to him. and says, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac, your only son, the one you love, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. That offering means to be totally burnt up to me at the place I will show you. Notice something here. Something has changed finally in Abraham. He doesn't argue with God. He doesn't ask any kind of questions. He doesn't plead for the life of Isaac. He just gets up the next morning with two servants and a donkey, him and his son, head out. And on the third day, the third day, Abraham sees it, the place he's supposed to go to do the sacrifice. And he says to his servants, stay here with the donkey. My son and I, we will go and we will return. Uh-oh. He goes a little farther and his son Isaac says to him, Father, we have the wood and we have the fire, but where is the lamb for worship? And Abraham says to him, God will provide his own animal for worship. So here's Abraham. He goes on. And he gets there, prepares the place for the altar where he's going to offer up the sacrifice, his son, and he lays Isaac down on it. Hmm. And then he takes his knife and he was ready to plunge his knife into it. There was no hesitation. He meant to do this. He meant to do this until an angel says, stop, don't do anything else. For now, I know that you fear me. And then Abraham looked over and caught in a bush was a ram, God's provision for the sacrifice. What happened to Abraham? Something happened in Abraham after the age of 100 that now... He was not just believing God, whatever God said. Now he knew God. You can't do without that. You have to know God to say, we will go and worship and we will come back. You have to know God to say that God alone will provide for his own sacrifice. And you have to know that Abraham meant everything within him to go ahead and slay his son Just like God said. But why didn't he? Ah, I'm glad you asked that. In Isaiah 11, if you're still there with me, look at verses 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, In Isaac, your descendants shall be called. 
He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead from which he also received him back as a type. There it is. He was going to kill it. Why? Because he knew God could raise him from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. Faith is believing. But faith is also knowing. And you see, you can believe and miss out on some of the promises God has promised you because you just simply believe. You're not activating that belief to come alive and lay hold of those promises. But faith is also knowing. Whatever he asks you to do, you don't have to doubt. You don't have to ask questions. You don't need to plead for anybody's life or anything because you know your God. That's why in Luke 18, verses 1 through 7, I believe it is, it, Jesus gives this example. He said, there was a, a widow who went to a judge and says, give me some protection from those who are trying to take me down. And this judge feared not God or man. And she had to go over and over and over again begging for justice. And finally he said, though I don't fear God and I don't care about man, I'm going to give this woman justice because she's about to wear me out. And the whole point of Jesus was this. Keep on asking. Keep on asking. Like Paul, until you lay hold of that for which you have been laid hold for. And it comes by knowing God. Now I hope and pray that none of you have to wait 35 years to get to know God. But he gave us an example. There's a point in your life something's going to happen. I'm speaking this into you right now. You believe in him. But something's going to happen. And you're going to start knowing him. Can you say amen? That's what we want. We want all that God has. We want everything he wants to bring to us. Because remember the priest's prayer again. This is eternal life. That they may know you, Father. And you whom you have sent, Jesus Christ. Not just believe in you, but know you. Is eternal life. Very straight, very clear, precise. And that's where we are. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you 
and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net 
or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. 
We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church.